This is Free Talk Live. I'm sorry we uh, kind of got in here a little late tonight. <laughs> sorry I was here. That. I was here on time. Yeah, Johnny was here. I had to go pick up Naomi, and uh, she'll be here in a minute. But uh, this still is not Luther. Here. I'm Johnny Ray. And uh, Naomi is here. Um, it's snowing like the Dickens out, so... Uh, it's beautiful. It's a winter wonderland. I wouldn't know if I would call it that. Um, so, you know, had to take it kind of slow. It, I didn't expect it to take me that long. But 603-435-1105, that's the number you can call in and talk about anything you want. And, uh, well, guys, I uh, have an announcement to make. Uh, besides dropping the ball and being here late today, this is also my last show. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's not really great for my employment record, but... I don't get it. What do you mean? Oh, um, well, it's my last day. I mean, what's what's my next employer going to say? Anyway. Uh, oh, you're announcing you're not giving, like, two-week notice? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I, I had let Ian know. It's just that I was late today, and that's never good form. I get it. Um, How late were we? A minute. 60 seconds. Yeah. That's death. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm moving up to Burlington, Vermont, and some people seem to ha- call me a traitor because I'm, uh, I'm moving to, uh, you know, the socialist state next door. Cheese-eating surrender monkey. <laughs> I haven't called you a traitor yet, but I plan to. <laughs> I think you just did. I think you did, too. That was very sly. Um, but no, I'm going up there for work, and... Uh, I'll just be next door, so I'll still be able to drive back here. Y'all ain't gonna miss me that much. So, uh, of course, we'll miss you, Luther. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, it's been uh, it, it it's been really great uh, doing this show, and I am thankful for the opportunity and to uh, extend the opportunity to y'all as well. Yeah, well, <clears throat> one of the uh, wonderful things about Vermont, and I think that well, you told me this is that they've got a they had in some was it the midterm election? I don't know. They had a slate of secessionist candidates which was pretty exciting they, they certainly do and they they have a much more exciting secessionist movement than new hampshire does i mean as far as that's been going the free state project has been slacking i guess you know not a lot of people are interested in uh politics enough to want right, to secede. dive into that yeah they just want to be left alone you know uh-huh. automatically <laughs> um i kind of wanted to talk tonight about the state of the free state project and, you know, just as kind of a general wrap-up uh, to finish out my, my time here in uh, New Hampshire and uh, kind of where it's at. I mean, the, probably the biggest news going on right now is that the Liberty Forum has been canceled. Did you guys hear about that? I heard about that last night. Yeah. Two they nights probably, ago? They probably talked about it on their sh- on the regular show. It was at, no, I heard about it at Festivus. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that was a wonderful time. Yeah. That was and, a time of peace. <laughs> Festivus. Oh, you Korean should have been there the first night. Then you missed the feats of strength. Did you, you guys wrestle or, or do something? Uh, no, no, we or do something. Sorry, we got a little echo going on. Uh, no, we uh, we arm wrestled instead. Okay. Um, because I'm lazy. I wouldn't want to wrestle. The Andrew. tradition for those of you not familiar with Festivus is that you uh, <clears throat> you, it's a way to get away from. Christmas, all the commerciality and religious aspects of it, and uh, and the headaches and the stress. Although you know you still got the stress of awful traffic. Just saying, and uh, uh, the traditions are pretty loose. Like uh, instead of a tree, there's a pole that you don't decorate, and it it signifies life without frills. And I, I like that. What did you guys use for a pole? Aluminum. 
it's got a the strongest uh, strength to height ratio. You know, aluminum, I believe, is the most prevalent metal in the earth. It is really, really cheap. However, it wasn't discovered until the late, maybe mid-late 19th century. Mm-hmm. It used to be pretty expensive, and then it just dropped once uh, big caches of it were found. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they get it. There was a process developed oh, yeah. to extract it? it from coal. I learned that from Civ 4. Civ 4? Uh-huh. That's funny you should mention Civ. I, I, I just got my Civ 2 running again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. It's old as shit. And the AI sucks on it. Um, Civ 5 is out now, yeah? Is it? I think it is. We, I... we seem to be boring Naomi over here. Should we Should we talk comic books? Don't don't patronize me, Luther. <laughs> well, that was uh, actually it would have been patronizing for me too, but I still wanted to to bring it up because I saw I was looking at Keen Cinema's website the other day and I saw a picture of Thor coming soon, and then some kind of Captain America thing. Mm-hmm. I think. Did and it make you cry? Because it's going to be terrible. Which one? Both. All everything. everything I don't know. Thor didn't look that bad. The the preview. I just saw. The yeah. I've never been that big a fan of Thor. I mean, he's he's a god. Okay, how does that make him a superhero? How does that not make him a superhero? Yeah. Jesus and God are kind of superheroes. We've talked about this before. Actually. And Superman, he can't die either. Yes, he can. But he's he hasn't died a yet. couple of times. <laughs> we just keep bringing. So him is back. the Flash. Yeah. yeah. I would like to point out to the two of you that Jesus could shoot webs out of his wrists if he wanted to. And he, he can make a hammer to. return to him, and he can do all that stuff if he wants to. Just want to point that out. Yeah. Can he cure cancer? You know it, even on the Sabbath. Even on the Sabbath. The Pharisees might tell him not to, but it's lawful <laughs> to do good on the Sabbath. So I've heard. Oh, Lord. Oh, me, oh, my. Um, but getting back to the Free State Project and kind of the state it is, uh, right. what do you guys... what? what ha- where do you think the Free State Project is now? Uh, not not necessarily just the organization. What about like just the movement in general and the liberty movement abroad? Well, I'll go first. I'm pretty selfish, and so the only thing I can really comment in, on is the, the the little bit that I do and the the social engagements that I go to mostly. And um, and my only comment is that the 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 uh, the hottest girls are always at our tables. It's <laughs> the truth. That's yeah. true. Uh, you it, we get a lot of um, a lot of haters saying that it's just a bunch of geeks and men, and there's there's plenty of men. But haters got to hate, man. Yeah, They're just jealous. But but when I look around, if we're at karaoke or something uh-huh. or whatever, all of the hottest women are um, are friends of ours. Right, it's beautiful. And uh, Naomi, your thoughts? Um, I don't really know if a lot of people associate themselves specifically with the Free State Project. So right, it's hard right. to say. Well, the Liberty Movement in general? The Liberty Movement in general. I think it's kind of at a grinding halt right now. And yeah. So we can figure out what to do and agree on it. Yeah, where to go from here? Yeah, pretty much. It, it kind of seems like that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, and activism may just be slowing down because of uh, uh, it being wintertime and all. I'm not really sure. But... Uh, I guess we'll see in time. I mean, there I know of a few people who are leaving, myself included, uh, 
And then there are those uh, outside of the Free State Project who are clo- like very associated with the the Free State Project and the movement, the Liberty Movement abroad, and uh, they have con- they have spoken out against it, how they don't really like it, and uh, and so forth, what have you. So there's the music. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. Happy day after Christmas, everyone, and uh, we'll be right back with more. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can go ahead and call in and talk about whatever you want. As always, well, not as always, it's Luther. Uh, Johnny Ray. And Naomi. And, well, it's uh, my last show, as I was saying, and uh, I'm going to go out with a bang. I got a message here from uh, George's minorly famous uh, baklava. Looking for the perfect treat to bring... This year's holiday party need a gift. Uh, excuse me, need a gift idea for friends and family. This year, make it George's famous baklava. George's famous baklava is a walnut pastry with over fifty layers of melt in your mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's the perfect treat for any holiday party with friends, family, or coworkers. George's famous baklava is shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fast, fresh, and delicious. Order by Tuesday. Well. It's a little late for that, but uh, you, you could order, order it before Christmas and, and have it by Christmas. Check out George's Famous Baklava at mandrik.com, M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in the mandrik. Yay. Great job, Luther. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a great baklava, you know. Very, oh, it's just full of sugar and butter and, and goes straight to your tits, right, Naomi? It goes straight to your tits. It's inappropriate. Inappropriate. I'm sorry. Completely it's my last show. What are they going to do, fire me? I was going to make a life-sized replica of you out of George's baklava, <laughs> but not it, now. It is good for sculpting if you let it dry, and then it, you know, it's it's harder than plaster, I mean. Good luck. And delicious. I haven't had any George's baklava, but I know it's very popular around these parts. It, it does attract rodent in its statue form, however. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, uh, got an article here. This comes from, uh, this was uh, on our website on freetalklive.com. You can uh, suggest stuff, and if it's good, we'll read it. And uh, this is actually a, a new product from uh, a toy I used to play with when I was a kid. Uh, called Playmobil. It's kind of like Lego. Very big in Europe. And uh, uh, this toy is a uh, the Playmobil security checkpoint. So they're modernizing. And, and like they always had, you know, like city life, you know, grocery store, zoo, cops and firemen and stuff like that. You know, this is just kind of... And they had an airport. So this is, you know, just a, another set you can buy to add to your airport, I guess. I'm almost convinced this is a joke product. I oh, you! I, I, you ruined it, Naomi. I was on. saving that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is totally a joke. Uh, it has to be because they're saying that it's two hundred and twenty-five dollars. And when you click on it and you look at at the pictures, there's like a like Playmobil guy in <laughs> under the X-ray with his his junk bleeped out, and 
This, yeah, and this a gun is totally, in his waistband. Yeah, yeah, and a bomb. So this is this is totally just you know ridiculous. And who would pay two hundred twenty five dollars for it? But there are some pretty funny reviews for it. Um, I, I really like this one myself. Um, this comes from Loose Nut. <laughs> Uh, I was a little disappointed when I first bought this item because the functionality is limited. My five-year-old son pointed out that the passenger shoes cannot be removed. <laughs> then we placed a deadly fingernail file underneath the passenger's scarf, and neither the detector doorway nor the security wand picked it up. My son said, that's the worst security ever. But it turned out to be okay, because when the passenger got on Playmobil B7, uh, <laughs> the his plane, and tried to hijack it, he was mobbed by a couple of other heroic passengers who only sustained minor injuries in the scuffle. The best thing about the product is that it teaches kids about the realities of living in a high-surveillance society. My son said he wants the Playmobil neighborhood surveillance system set for Christmas. I've heard that the CCTV cameras uh, on that thing are pretty worthless in terms of quality and motion detection. So I, I think I'll get him a Playmobil Abu Ghraib <laughs> interrogation sentence. Uh, Beautiful. Yes, yes, very, very entertaining. So obviously that's a joke, but uh, it, it kind of brings up, you know, it, it it mocks at least some of the, the better points of security in this country and just what a joke it is, I mean. Yeah, well, you know, today, um, during uh, during what, I, what passes for show prep in my life, yeah. I was looking at news on my Nintendo Wii, and I saw that, the, um, that uh, Janet Napolitano has recently released a statement or maybe gave a press conference or something about um, how they would be continuing full speed ahead with their their new policies, their intrusive yeah. pat-downs and yeah. their, their body the, uh, scanners. The, the uh, reports at Walmart, you mean? The reports at Walmart, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you see suspicious activity. Yeah. What is this like? Who um, isn't suspicious in Walmart? Well, apparently uh, there is some video out where if, uh, and it's going to be in Walmart at like the self-checkout centers. It's Janet Napolitano talking about how uh, if you see anything suspicious, it's your your duty as a citizen to report it hmm. to uh, Big Sister. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, you know, that'll keep us safe. So there was an act suspicious at Walmart day, the day before <laughs> Christmas. I was going to get a trench coat, but... Uh, I was kind of crunched having Festivus. I was using the trench coat at Festivus. You know how it is. I, I didn't say that. I'm not saying it's not true, but I didn't say that. Speculated rumors. Don't try to put words in my mouth. It reminds me, the, the TSA business reminds me of the bailouts initially. And that was, I thought that that was more than anything. The American response to the bailouts and the fact that they went ahead, you know, full speed ahead, just like... Like I said earlier about yeah. the TSA, um, it just it, it it people were writing their congressmen, people who had never yeah. the government done seems... anything like that before. They'd been flooded with a wave of public sentiment against the bailouts. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I just thought, well, come on, people, if this is this is this is what you get, this is how it really is. They don't, they're not, they don't care about you. No, no, they really don't, and it. It's been like this for a long, long time, it seems. And it's just getting worse. Even in the last 10, 15 years, it's just progressively just been all downhill. Now, with the TSA, I'm not, it's not so obvious to me that, that public sentiment is against it. I think it is. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, the, 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 
the stories I heard on NPR said that uh, <laughs> listening to the competition, huh? Said that um, that Americans loved the uh, the TSA checkpoints and accepted that it was in our best interests. Yeah, and well, a lot of liberals think that, and NPR is pretty liberal. <clears throat> I mean, I hate to be very broad like that in general, but. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's true. Up here we have NHPR, which I didn't have in North Carolina. We didn't have an NCPR. No. Um, NHPR is, is is neat. I guess it's it's more it's basically the same. I, I it's just I don't. Yeah, but they still have the, all, like all the shows like uh, All Things Considered and Car yeah, Talk and, and Car Talk. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Prairie Home Prairie Companion. Home Companion. Thank you, Luther. <laughs> that's a favorite. Yeah. At the uh, Johnny Ray household. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> so. Uh, this has pretty much become a conversation between me and John Ray, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. I don't listen to NPR. I don't. Well, I don't really either. But I Not have. Really, my dig. Naomi's quality over quantity, Luther. It's all about the metal for me. Yeah. Not it's, a lot of me- and metal on NPR, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. They mostly do world music. I was thinking of changing the music bits tonight and having it be a uh, Botswana traditional folk songs. <laughs> So 603-435-1105, that's the number. More coming up. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in and talk about absolutely anything you want. Uh, this is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And Naomi. And we have our first caller of the night online, too. This is Hot Rod Rob in uh, New York. Hot Rod, you there? Hey, what's up? This is Hot Rod Rod. Hey, what's, up, what's Rod? going on, man? How you doing, guys? Good. What's on your mind? I, you know, I, I, I experienced a troubling... Uh, I had a troubling conversation with a friend the other day that just revealed to me the filthy, disgusting mentality of all liberals. And um, I figured I'd call in and relate this story. Okay, go ahead. So um, uh, this is the story I'm telling to my friend, which is basically that uh, in my town, they installed recently these parking meters where it's like one parking meter that serves an entire parking lot. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? You, you, know, you got to go in and you, you pay it. And then when they decide they need to charge more, they can raise it instantly because it's a digital thing, you know? Right. So I, I, I go to park, and then I go to walk and feed the meter, the, the digital meter. And, um, of course, there's a line there. And, you know, the, in front of me, it's New York City, so it's mostly like, you know, immigrants in front of me. And, um, you know, they're all troubling. They can't even figure out how to use the, the meter. This is actually a town outside of New York City, and they're, they're new meters. They can't figure out. And while I'm waiting... Of course, the guy who's like the meter maid was actually this guy from Russia, and I swear he could be like a—he's the perfect Soviet bureaucrat because he's like on <laughs> on the spot ticketing everybody every second. He like while I'm waiting just to pay the meter, he comes along. He's about to ticket my car, <laughs> you know. Oh, so it, it's just madness. I can't even go there anymore. So I, I rush over to stop him from giving me a ticket, um, losing my line and my place in the line in the process. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm telling my my friend this story. And just about how, you know, how awful it is dealing with these kinds of things, with the state out of control. Right. And his response to me is like, oh, well, you know, you should, you should maybe turn on your flashers if you're going to be walking away from your car like that to, to feed the meter. Wouldn't that be a good solution? No. 
No, you shouldn't have to do that at all. And how is that going to solve anything? I mean, then I would just turn on my flashers and, and walk away, not pay the meter myself, and just be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I just walked away for a second. You know, I was going to pay the meter. I'm glad you can sympathize. I, I heard that, <laughs> and I was just like, that's the – I mean, isn't that kind of like the problem with the liberal mentality? It's like it, – It's not I, that I bad. They, I don't know how to summarize what – I don't know what it is exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. They but, always try to emphasize that it's just not that bad. It's not as bad as, you know, you might try to make it out to be. Yes, yes, exactly. They're, they're, that, they, they apologize, you know, they're apologists for this, this thing. Yeah, I was saying effing town and, and like, can you, you know, can you believe this? And, and, you know, and he's like, oh, well, you know, you should really try to do this maybe, you know, you know, oh, just take it on the chin and, and try to, I mean, really, so... Yeah, and a, a private uh, service provider is going to beat a path to to your door and your heart to go out of their way to to make things easy for you, rather than you know stick you in a line in the cold uh, yeah. with your hand out. Right. It's just 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 yeah, how, how that works. Kind of like I, I, they feel like we need to suffer the. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what the warp mentality is, but it's. I think there's something there about you know that just showed like. You know the kind of the liberal attitude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyways, I just wanted to call in and and, and contribute in some way. So, all right, <laughs> thank you very much, Hot Rod right, Rod. Thanks, thanks for letting <laughs> me call. Bye. Yep. Hot Rod. Yep, it's Rod, not not Rob. I made that mistake on the phone. Actually, I'm a bad bad man. Yep. And you pushed the button on him while he was saying. I, I something. know. I thought he was done. <laughs> he said he. Yeah. You know. Like, uh. Anyway. Dick move, Luther. <laughs> well, I am a dick, Naomi. Mm. So, uh, speaking of dicks, didn't you say you had a story? What? Come on. Inappropriate. I'm sorry. Inappropriate. You wonder why girls don't come on this show when you're here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stephanie has. <laughs> Stephanie has, yeah. And all she talks, she does a show about talking about dick, though. So. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it was really just being random. I wasn't insinuating anything. Apparently, there's a news article on the Free Talk Live website about UNH being the druggiest college in America, which isn't really probably far from the truth, because New Hampshire has a really bad, uh, from what I hear, statistically has a really bad drug problem, because teenagers complain that there's not really much to do in the state rather than drink and do drugs, and everything closes really early. Mm -hmm. But I don't know exactly where these statistics are coming from. says it's based on uh, three 2009 factors uh, for over 350 schools throughout the country. And I can't honestly believe that UNH comes up as the druggiest. They're just making up a word. Druggiest school. More drugged. Drugged. They do the most drugs. Right. Um, That that wouldn't surprise me. Well, you know, when I I moved up here, I worked... um, I was a cook at KFC for a while, and and also in addition to that, the, the people I met there and the people that um, some of the people I lived with, I lived with some college students. There was a lot of heroin use going on. Really? Yes, yes, really. And um, I don't know if that was if that was uh, it has to do with the chicken. Maybe <laughs> it's in the chicken. It's a good spot. KFC is a good spot to track drug use. That's I why I go back for more. <laughs> I didn't know if if, uh, if that was like a keen centric kind of a thing, all the heroin or New Hampshire, mm-hmm. or if it was a, a nationwide thing that I just noticed. Yeah. There, There is a bit of heroin use I, I've seen in the city. I mean, Franklin has a bad. Like, hi, here, Franklin? Franklin? Isn't Franklin like just bum fuck? I mean, 
kind of like a Bellows Falls type situation. Yeah. Like a lower class. Not, I shouldn't say lower class, like lower lower income yeah. area. Yeah. Low yeah. Class. Well, yeah, say. it's the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah. there's no, and the mills are all gone. I mean, like Green Greenville down uh, near the border of Massachusetts used to be, you know, a town and now it's got nothing. This college, this UNH was the Durham one specifically, they right, said. Right, right. It's kind of hilarious. I, I have a friend who goes there. That's pretty funny. What's their, <laughs> ma- what's their <laughs> do mascot? Do they do drugs? Are uh, they the human beings? I don't know. The uh, the cartels? My dad went to a school in North Carolina, Elon College, and their mascot, they were the fighting Christians. <laughs> fighting Christians? Yep. They changed it a couple of years ago to the Phoenix, which I I don't know if that was a good move or not. Yeah. My high school, we were almost the fighting flamingos. flamingos. That's cool. That's tough. Well, our school was pink. It would have been, you know, appropriate. Yeah. I bet you look good in pink. <laughs> I would you not. You got a pretty mouth. I would there. not have. Uh, I wasn't involved in like sports or anything, so <laughs> I had no school spirit. I would have had even less. You just you need a little pink and a and three popped collars. <laughs> but you'll never be four popped Layers. collars. Cool. Never just four. Oh my! Oh my! Self esteem just went right to the toilet. I think you're beautiful, and I think you're doing a great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we brought Johnny Ray along for encouragement. Yeah, that's pretty much why I like to have him around. Yeah. He makes me feel good about myself. I trash talk you. Johnny Ray makes you feel better. Yeah, so it all bounces out. Sort of. But that's all right, because I trash talk you, and I, I, I like to say good things about Johnny. Um, Thank you, Luther. I think that we should revisit before the show's over. I want to talk about the general state of the uh, the liberty movement, because I really don't know and i want to learn from you yeah and from you and maybe if i talk about it a little bit maybe i'll teach myself something learn about what about the state of um oh freedom in america oh okay um everybody's definition of freedom is right different, right, though, right. So. i mean that's a pretty broad topic yeah. there johnny i suppose so i mean that's kind of what the show's about but. yeah some people already think that they're free i mean Obviously, those druggiest kids in the UNH think they're pretty free. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> they're living pretty free. I mean, yeah. But I think I think Stefan Molyneux is is kind of onto a good thing when he he wants to be free in his own mind. And yeah, I, I have to agree with that. In that case, you know, I've I've already succeeded. Yeah, because you can only you can only fix yourself. You can only change yourself. Yeah, that was that was a big part of what first drew me to this movement. As I read Harry Brown's book, and he he stated that in the introduction. You know, it's not about getting others, you know, motivated to to do this, to change them and and their behaviors and their beliefs. It's to just change yourself, you know, and to, to free yourself. Yeah, I read something in what passes for show prep in my life today <laughs> by Harry Brown, letter to his daughter on Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it after the break. All right, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105, and we can talk about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. As always, or I, I always say that for some reason. Did but it this again. Is, I know. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. Naomi. Yeah. Well, every time I do it, it's it's always me. I mean. That's right. Well, it, it makes sense from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're introducing yourself, you're always Luther. Right. 
So, and we've been uh, we've been talking a little bit about the uh, the state of the Free State Project as well as other just random stuff, including Festivus and what have you. But uh, right now, we're going to go to the phones and to the fun. And this is oops, this is Free Talk Live. Who's? Whoa! Oh, you I guess they're not there. Free Talk Live. Who's this? No. Bunch of rude people hanging up. Uh, yeah, I Jeez. guess so. Well, at any rate. Uh, so much for that. <laughs> So uh, Christmas time has uh, come and gone once again, you know, and uh, I have a story here, actually, and uh, I'm familiar with this story. It happened uh, back in World War I. Uh, I'm just going to read this one, though. This comes from uh, LouRockwell.com by John Denson, and it's, uh, do you guys know anything about this? I'm sure you do, Johnny. Well, you know, I was, uh, I read that story earlier today. Oh, did you, for yeah. show prep? Uh, exactly. Okay. You know. Okay. You you can't read the whole thing. It's too long, though. Oh, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, if you wanted, to, we can just go over the basics of it. I mean, uh, it basically it's really cool. That article is really cool. It's on LouRockwell dot com. Right. It's called Soldiers, Soldiers Against War. Mm-hmm. And the, the it's it's beautiful. At the end, he talks about how what if. Go ahead, Luther. No, you go ahead. Well. All right. It's a story about the uh, about English soldiers and German soldiers taking a truce on Christmas Day and coming out and helping each other bury their dead and reclaim their wounded and uh, playing yeah uh, soccer and, yeah yeah drinking and singing songs and, uh-huh. yeah all all without like the uh, any orders or permission from the officers right yeah now was it was it a fourteen day truce was it that long I I do not recall um but I. I remember, like, a lot of the soldiers had to be sent away from the front, and this was in the first winter of the war. A lot of the soldiers had to be sent home because they, they wouldn't fight anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, they they realized that these, these men on the other side of the trench were human beings just like them, and uh, and they, they just couldn't, you know, they they formed bonds with them. You know, they got to know them. It wasn't just, you know, a face or an idea like a, a terrorist, you know. You know, and they saw the human the humanity. Uh, That's probably why they don't often do stuff like that, right? It, and create labels, yeah, not, yeah and and stereotypes, and you know, right. and, and and play up all like the uh, negative things about the other uh, cultures. Propaganda. Culture, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like with uh, with Muslims, they try to play up the fact about how they treat women. Though not all Muslims follow those uh, archaic beliefs. I mean. Uh, and with the Japanese in World War Two, they uh, talked about them being cannibals and eating mm-hmm. human flesh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yep, and they told um, the uh, I think the, I think the Okinawans were the mothers were taking their children and jumping off cliffs because rather than surrender because they were told that the Americans were such monsters. Wow. Um, so the article is it's about a book by Stanley Weintraub entitled. Silent Night, the story of the World War One Christmas truce, and uh, he talks about that. And then the, my favorite part, of the part that that I remembered most, was near the end of the article. Uh, it was fascinating. I'm I am going to read this straight from the article. The last chapter of Weintraub's book is entitled "What If." This is counterfactual history at its best, and he sets out what he believes the rest of the 20th century would have been like if the soldiers had been able to cause the Christmas truce of 1914 to stop the war at that point. 
Like many other historians, he believes that with an early end of the war in December of 1914, there probably would have been no Russian Revolution, no communism, no Lenin, and no Stalin. Furthermore, there would have been no vicious peace imposed on Germany by the Versailles Treaty, and therefore no Hitler, no Nazism, and no World War II. With the early truce, there would have been no entry of America into the European war, and America might have had a chance to remain or return to being a republic rather than moving toward World War II, the Cold War, and our present status as the world bully. Weintraub states that Franklin D. Roosevelt, only an obscure assistant secretary of the Navy of a fleet going nowhere militarily, would have returned to a boring law practice and never have been the losing but attractive vice presidential candidate in 1920 a role earned by his war visibility. Wilson, who would not be campaigning for re-election in 1916 on a platform that he kept America out of war, would have lost to a powerful new Republican president, Charles Evans Hugh, etc., etc. Wow. I'll stop there. Yeah, and it just goes on and on. Yeah, I've always been, I, well, not always. Oh. When I was younger, I used to love the uh, the Harry Turtle doves and the, the alternate fiction guys. Yeah, yeah, they they certainly are fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's some good ones out there, and he, he just, he's like, the master of alt history right there, Harry Turtle Dove. Yeah, my friends called him Harry Turtle Dork. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, and even the the beginning of American imperialism extends further back. I mean, you could go back and look at uh, the Spanish-American War where they, uh, they acquired not only Puerto Rico and the Philippines, but they also, and, and this was totally separate from the war, they annexed uh, the Hawaiian Islands during that time. And because uh, it was a, a good stopping point for them to get to the rest of the Pacific and the rest of the world. I mean, it's a strategic military base. And it, it the, now the state, the state of Hawaii has uh, like the highest uh, military personnel per capita or if not the highest, I think, than anywhere else in the world. I mean, there's so many stationed there and it uh, it used to be its own independent kingdom. Uh, yes, if Mark were here, he would tell us all that they used to be the Sandwich Islands. Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, uh, actually, the Polynesian words were uh, Hawaii or Hawaiki, which was a Tahitian, uh, uh, like heaven, basically, the paradise land. So That's beautiful. Thank you. And it was all taken away, and now they live in poverty. I went to the airport in Honolulu once, and it was very warm and sunny there. Yeah? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's your only experience in Hawaii. That's my contribution. Well, to I've never, the I've never Hawaii talk. I've never been to the Pacific Ocean actually, anywhere, not uh, even the coast. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah. Kind of got its own there. time system going on in Hawaii. I noticed that people who have lived there for any number of years, they always come back. They have no concept of real time. No, like they, they're always like a couple of minutes late, at least by half an hour or something. <laughs> it's just like in Hawaii, like people are just like, yeah, whatever. It's all that there. Maui wowie. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Uh, that's back a drug to reference. Talk, yeah, talk, back to the drug talk. Yeah, yeah. Don't they chew something over there? Isn't there like a kava or something that's... Maybe. I, I'm not familiar with it if it is. Oh, okay. I think they make they make some drink out of a um, some kind of indigenous something or other that is very calming and soothing. Mm, that sounds yeah, a little familiar, but I, I can't really recall... Um, I really just know more about the history of Hawaii. I think it's uh, pretty interesting. Um, like, it, it's one of the most remote chain of islands in the world. Uh, you know, 
and actually I think it is, it's far from any uh, major landmass. Like, yeah. It's something like 2,000 miles from anywhere. Yeah, it's a good ways away. Yeah. Um, uh, and just the fact that human beings could find those on, right. their, on their own, just, you know, by being clever, is pretty a pretty great testament to uh, human ingenuity. You know, why didn't we pick Hawaii for the Free State Project? It's warm, <laughs> sandy beaches. I mean, we could have changed it. It's really, it. really statist right now. I don't now. care how statist it Really, is. really, really statist. Follow their rules. I'm an anarchist. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I do what I want. I do what I want. I just want the warm weather and the sand and the beach. I like having uh, seasons. I, I moved up here from Florida, and I am I am sick to death of summer, and I hate the heat. So What? Yeah. I think a lot of people would disagree with you on that. Well, they'd be wrong, for one thing. <laughs> no, seriously, think about it. When you're hot, you can only take off someone's clothes and be naked and still be hot. Like, you can't cool down anymore. When you're cold, you can always put on a coat, though. Yep. But being cold is really awful. Truer words were never spoken, Luther. Being hot is unbearable. Thank you, See, Johnny. See, that's why we disagree. <laughs> well, that's where you're wrong. Did Maybe it, did I'll it? move to Hawaii. You just stay in New Hampshire then. I'd be okay with that. Send you postcards. Never seen you ever And again. laugh at you. <laughs> did any of you guys get some good uh, like woolen underwear for Christmas this year? Uh, no. No. Because I got all kinds of wool. Yeah, smart wool. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I have their socks actually. I like those. Yeah, yep. That's um, about all I need. I mean, I I stay pretty warm. I'm skinny. Um, I got really jazzed up about wool because I didn't have any, and I read on LouRockwell dot com that uh, cotton is rotten among other things. <laughs> stay dry, stay alive. Yeah, friends don't let friends wear cotton. Oh no! So now I'm all wooled out. Oh uh, well, you better have an intervention for me because I have cotton socks on right now. Well, we'll talk about that. All right, six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Call in and tell us about your socks. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about anything you want, absolutely anything. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And Naomi. And, uh, well, tonight we're uh, talking about a number of things. Uh, of course, we can always talk about whatever you want. We're but, talking uh, about a bunch of stuff on LouRockwell.com. Yeah, mostly. Uh, <laughs> failure on our part. 
for uh, show prep. But uh, we have a uh, caller. I think it's a triumph. <laughs> we have a uh, Ray on the line. Uh, Ray, you with us? Yep. Hey, Ray, what's on your mind tonight? Ah, good show tonight, folks. Oh, oh thank, thank you, you so much. You're too kind. Uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, there's different ways approaching um, how to fight and get freedom for mm-hmm. us. And, uh, you know, um, the way you guys do it there is uh, a, a definitely good way. Uh, a lot of people can't put that much into it. Um, but there's ways of still going about that. And, you know, I've worked for myself my entire life. And mm-hmm. the one thing I can tell you that's been consistent for over 30 years, or 30, well, it's been longer than that, 32 years, um, is that people hate the government a lot. And hate they wish, <laughs> well, yeah, they wish to, and it's not, you know, because you can go right back to 79 when I was a young man in Luther. I moved myself for a job. I moved from Cape May, New Jersey to mm-hmm. Seattle, Washington. Wow. And, and wound up staying 30-some years. I never went back because I found a freedom here that I couldn't get in New Jersey. New Jersey had car inspections. They had income tax. They had sales tax. They, they just didn't find a tax they didn't have. I mean, they were... <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what I, I hear nothing but horror stories about Jersey. Yeah, and so I moved to Washington when I'm like 20 years old or 19 in that ballpark. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you didn't have you – you weren't mandatory automobile insurance. You weren't mandatory car inspection. I had no state taxes. Uh, there was just an awful lot of things that made it a much more, you know, appealing place uh, yeah, than right. New Jersey. So, but over time, what I want to get to on freedom is what what I can tell you over time you can do individually, every one person, is to try to starve the beast by not giving them any more money than mm-hmm. you have to. Now, some people will totally not pay taxes. And listen, when I was like 20 years old, I seen I got a book of Irwin Swift, and I actually spent... $75 and went into a lawyer's office and showed him the book and said, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And he said, you know what, this is probably all true, but you will spend the rest of your life with the IRS pounding on you. And, you know, there's a guy in my town who did that, decided he wasn't going to pay, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, he's like uh, old, like, you know, 80. And right. he's been in jail quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, just, just caused him, his family, havoc. It's unbelievable, and I myself couldn't see putting uh, my family through something like that. But getting to the starving the beast, just don't give them any more taxes than you have to. You know, don't if you got a, if you got a deal where you can make it under the table or whatever, take it. It's, cut them all out. Cut the state and the federal government. You know, right, right. Uh, you know, consistently over that thirty years, there's been so many people who come up to me and say, "Oh, I ain't paying, Uncle Sam. Here, you know, whatever, or, you know." And that's a good way to go about it. I mean, you can kind of starve them. Yeah. Well, that's I'm a sure great philosophy if you're not uh, if you're single, but if you have a family to raise or something, that might not be the best option. Right, right. Sometimes you kind of have to pay them, even though you really don't want to, because uh, you have a family to raise and you got you got bills to pay and you got a you got a job that requires you to pay taxes. So. Yeah, but you do yeah. you do what you can, right, Ray? You try yeah. so you that's try. Right. You, yeah, you, so do. you can't be much of a soldier if they've got you locked in the cage. No, no. When you're be- out here in the world, and and somebody says, "Okay, uh, you know, let's make a deal. Here's twenty bucks, and let's not say nothing about it." Great. We just beat them, and we <laughs> chip away at them a little at a time. You know, in this last financial crisis, and I'm a retired man now, fifty-two years old. In this in this last financial crisis, uh, I've seen <laughs> the stupidest of stupids come out, and you know, they are starting to run out of money now, and it, we got a debt at fourteen trillion dollars, and we went from just 
uh, not many years ago of being $250 billion a year in the hole that we didn't have enough money to being now close to a trillion and a half. Uh, this is going down fast. I don't know uh, where are we going to get this I, money when I, it's $100 trillion. I, I, I don't we think we're going to get that money. It. I mean... Yeah, you know, and, and I, you know, I say we. I'm being very general there, but you know, I don't think the federal, like the federal government, has, you know, they really just dug a hole. They they can't get themselves right. out of now. So and, when they're done with this, and, and interest rates are back at 14 percent, mm-hmm. and guys like me come along and buy the bond, so we put a hundred thousand, we get fourteen thousand a year. If we got a million dollars, we're getting a hundred and forty thousand. Who's the slave now? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, I, I think the best thing that anyone out there can do is just to cushion as, as much of the fall for themselves as they can, you know, invest in other commodities, you know, learn learn useful trades, you know. Uh, and up here in New England, I think we'll be pretty okay if the federal, uh, if things go bad on the federal level, because locally, I mean, farmers are local, by, the local economy is pretty strong up here, way, way better than it was down in Florida where I'm from. Yeah, and you know the guy earlier talking about the parking ticket. I don't want to be anywhere near you where you have to pay to park. No. <laughs> so I don't want to live. And where I live in Washington now is on the is way on one side. Where you know what? In my town today, and I'm not kidding, you can buy a house for nineteen thousand dollars. There's probably at least ten under twenty thousand right now. Well, that's And I'm reasonable. not talking to Detroit. Yeah. No, I'm talking oh, yeah. the West Coast. Uh, probably two hours up from Seattle, one of the you know growing places in the United States. Of course, we don't have a tax. Yeah. You don't have that income tax, and that does make us a, you know, a growing area. You go down to California and you work down in that area, some of the stuff are paying 10% income tax. But there they really have you, and like I say, if you take an, if you take an area like that, yeah. I have over time, and you uh, just, just steadily pound away. You know, when you get to a retirement age at age 52 or no matter what age it is, and you earn a $60,000 a year income, you won't owe any federal income tax at all, legally. Okay, not hiding from it, legally, because you didn't earn it by working. Right. And when you pay federal income tax, even though the rate is at 15%, when you are done with your deduction, if you took that 60000 look what you paid in tax, it doesn't even come to 8%. And that's beating them pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Working, I mean, they, they really just screw you. Yeah, but, if you're uh, working, you and your boss are paying 14% to the Social Security system between uh-huh. the two of you. Oh, yeah. So... In a hundred thousand, that's fourteen thousand. The guy who's not working is paying. No, I, I I definitely feel uh, feel that in my paycheck. I mean, and especially since I'm about to move to Vermont, I'm going to have to pay state income tax there. So I'm going to feel that too. And I had to take that in, into consideration when I was uh, negotiating uh, this move for me myself. Um, but you're doing it for money, I bet, right? Uh, I am, and also and that's uh, smart. Well, yeah, also Vermont, you know, it's really, really pretty. It's just next door to New Hampshire. Uh, sometimes I wish the Free State Project was in Vermont. A lot of times I wish it was in Oregon, actually. I really like it out west there in uh, Washington. Like, I lived in Idaho well, for a while. But you'd want to be in Washington, not Oregon. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they, you think yeah, so? Yeah, they got a state income tax. <laughs> oh, they do now? Yeah, you live in Washington, you go shop in Oregon. They don't have a sales tax. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways, good talking to you, folks. Good All right, you Ray. too, Ray. Thank you. Have a good Take night. Care. So, so that that raise raise uh, discussion there made me think about Keen and what people were doing here in Keen, mm-hmm. um, starving the beast. Yeah, and what we what what a lot of people I've seen here have just been making the city of Keen and the state of New Hampshire fight for what they try and extort from you. Yeah, um, and you know, showing them to be the um, sort of the the bullies. 
that they are. Yeah. And uh, how how would you say that's working so far, Johnny? Um, I think it's working great. Yeah. I think it's working uh, pretty well. I, um, you know, going back to what you introduced us with, the mm-hmm. state of the Free State Project and, yeah. and Freedom in America, those were my words, of course. Right, right, right. And, and even just locally here in Keene, I mean, yeah. on, on any level. Um, the, the people, I have personal relationships with people who live here in Keene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk to them about, about, you know, what's going on with me. And they, they, most of them are certainly amused and often impressed that I, you know, drank a beer at the police station or whatever mm-hmm. and, and made the, the, the city of Keene spend a great deal of money prosecuting me. And in the end, they got nothing out of you. Yeah. All right, 603-435-1105, that's the number. We got more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah, you hear that tight drum roll right there, Naomi? Yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. I'm Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. I'm Naomi. Yep. And we got a fine show for you tonight, a fine show, a swell show even. We were talking about, uh, you know, the general uh, state of freedom, you know, uh, where we are in the Free State Project, where we are in Keene, where we are in our own lives, where we are on a national level, on a global level, you know, just, just where, where is freedom today? And uh, we had uh, Ray call in on the last segment, <clears throat> and he had a pretty good, uh, you know, some pretty good stuff to say. He talked about, you know, moving somewhere that was just better for the time, you know, that, you know, he moved. He moved when he was 20. He lived in New Jersey at the time, which is really, really heavily regulated. Yeah. Um, to Washington, and he, he was much happier. You know, it improved his life a lot, and yep. that's that's a big part of why I moved to New Hampshire. You know, is you know just for more freedom and uh, to be around other uh, like-minded liberty people. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, that, it's worked exactly. out really well. Exactly, it's, because you'll do you'll go out and do things that uh, that make sense to you, and they seem silly. I, I actually kind of got caught up a little bit. In the uh, the the open container thing that I was talking about before, it wasn't. I didn't seek out that kind of attention um, from the the municipal authorities, but I got it. Um, and the the community here understood why I was doing what I was doing, and right. that helps a whole lot. It certainly does. It kind of validates your your viewpoint. I mean, uh, when I lived when I. In Florida, I didn't know any other libertarians, and my friends uh, started introducing me to other people as, this is our friend Chris. He's in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know... It, it, we like it in taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I was getting ready to move, it was like, wow, is this really the best idea? I mean, I, I have an okay thing going on here. I'm not Work's not really great or anything, but, you know, I have friends, and I have music and stuff to do, and... I like it. Yeah, I, I kind of like Florida. I'm I'm now glad to be out of it. I like New Hampshire a lot better, but you know, uh, certainly it weighed on my mind that choice of moving or not, and I, it's definitely worked out for the better. I like it for the maple syrup. 
And now you're you're a native though, aren't you? Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Not a complete native. No, no. I moved here when I was like eleven. So okay, I went to high school here, so I'm pretty. I'm a yeah, transplant. You're in Keene, right? Yeah, in Keene. There were a Not lot of Keen transplants high, here. But... It's funny they say they don't want people moving here and changing, but that's constantly happening. I felt like my ideals changed a lot. I moved from California, SoCal. So yeah. um coming here was definitely a huge transition. But right, right. I the only real difference I've seen. As far as uh, attitudes towards freedom go, I mean, in California, people obviously are are freedom-minded. However, they just don't maybe act out on it as much as they do in New Hampshire. But the, the state itself doesn't really allow you a lot of liberties in California. But here in New Hampshire, the lack of sales tax is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. I'm definitely more free here in New Hampshire than I was in Florida. One of the things that struck me about New Hampshire was the number of people running businesses out of their homes. Yeah, you didn't really see that down south. I no, I I did not. Um and I was from a a big city that that was highly regulated, I'm certain. Mhm. Not a big city, but 60,000 bigger than Keene. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, everywhere's bigger than Keene pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even call Keene a city. It's, it's a, a town. Yeah, it, it's a nice town. I mean, it's a good size. We it, have a McDonald's. Yeah, you have everything you can want. Borders, uh uh Target, Walmart, not a, it's not, not a Walmart Supercenter, though. I'm really, like, when I go there to go grocery shopping, I'm really, really let down by that. It's not Seabrook. Well, in, in Florida, we had three three Walmarts in the town I lived in, Port St. Lucie. Three? Uh, yeah, three. Super Walmarts. And then a distribution center in Fort Pierce and a Sam's Club in uh, Port St. Lucie as well. That sounds like a super status place to live. <laughs> it's basically just, uh, it, it's mostly zoned for... Uh, residential so there are almost no jobs in town and people flock out of the, out of the town like traffic is atrocious uh at rush hour you it doesn't move for I eight blame lanes walmart. it's not the walmart's fault I blame the walmart walmart's are a symptom of of it being zoned for for residential because there's so many people there that they have to uh up you know the consumer retail outlets. yeah the demand is so high i mean so they have to have three otherwise you know one they, would have to be ginormous. <laughs> they were building a um, a super Walmart in Asheville, which is where I'm from, um, Asheville, North Carolina. And before it was built, some some hippie revolutionaries went in there one night and commandeered a bunch of the equipment and knocked a bunch of walls over and <laughs> set them back several weeks. Uh, I think at the time I thought it was a, it was a real shame, and now I don't really. I guess I'm pretty ambivalent about that that episode (laughs) (laughs) oh my uh so uh when i'm moving to vermont you know and i'm gonna lose some freedoms obviously there's the sales tax issue uh if i can never find a way out of that i will um it's all the sandal wearing and cheese eating you can handle is there yeah plenty of that you know yeah yeah i guess so burlington is kind of different than like Brattleboro, though. I mean, like it Brattleboro is. is totally like that. But Burlington's yeah. got more, like a lot more immigrants there from other countries and from other states. So it's kind of a different culture. I think when Vermont has its revolution, Luther, you will be the first to be purged. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, disposed of like trash. The sideburns. The dead giveaway. <laughs> the chops. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm wondering what, what room there is for a libertarian in the secessionist movement there because it's a very, very liberal state. And I was looking at the uh, Second Vermont Republic, as it's called, a website, and they were listing like they have kind of like how Free Keen has the 130 plus reasons to move to Keen. It was uh-huh. like the 100 or 75 reasons the, why Vermont should be independent and why, you know, all that good stuff. And, uh, like, you know, a lot of it was. Uh, pretty pro state, like pretty liberal healthcare mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. And uh, I was reading into the history of it, and it's interesting that back in the 30s, there were there was this this couple, and they were writers of some kind, and uh, they promoted Vermont as a, a great place to just live the good life, a simple life, you know. And in the 60s, uh, a large influx of liberals started moving there, just like the Free State Project. I mean, there's a large influx of libertarians moving there. And now it went, or in that time, it went from being the most conservative or Republican state to the most uh, Democrat state. Wow. Yeah. So when people say, oh, it's not going to work and things like that, you know, I think of, you know, examples such as Vermont, you know, and it can, I mean, though, who's to say, you know, some, somebody else might not come like start the, uh, the free list project and move all kinds of fascists and what have you to New Hampshire and just void what we're doing. But, you know, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, had I had a fascinating insight today, Luther, that I'd like to share with you. Go right ahead, Johnny. Oh, I wish I'd put a little more thought into it. I'll do the best I can. Um, it's okay. We're all a little bit hungover. Um. Uh, I was thinking about sort of the United States as a patchwork of anarchist communities um, uh, and making the case. Love that music. Stupid yeah. metal music. Go ahead, Johnny. No, I'll put. The, I'll, I'll formulate the idea a little more, okay. maybe even write a little bit of it down. Ooh. It's so thrilling to be sitting here with the heavy metal coming in and you're on Free Talk Live. It's beautiful. 603-435-1105. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. You can call and talk about anything you want, from the political to the personal. This is the show where you take control. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. Say that again, Naomi. And Naomi. There you go. Got to talk into the mic. Yeah. Why don't you? Hey, everybody. Go to english.freetalklive.com if you would like to make $20 to $30 an hour, all online from your home. You'll be conducting English conversations on Skype with folks from other countries like Japan, for example. So get this. They will pay you handsomely to help keep up with their already learned English. Let's say Keiko from Japan knows that if she doesn't use it, she will lose it. She needs you and your natu- for your natural English-speaking ability. So get the ebook and discover how to find these passionate people who will pay, you to, talk, who will pay to talk to you on Skype. Check out English.FreeTalkLive and start your own online English conversation business. That's english.freetalklive.com. You'll love yourself for it. <clears throat> so, Johnny, uh, we well, over the show we've been talking about the general uh, uh, you know, state of liberty as we see it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Johnny, you had a, a thought. You hadn't quite gotten to the point, so I'm not sure where you were going with it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's actually a super 
I called it a fascinating insight. It's a super half-baked idea, and I even regret a little <laughs> bit beginning to talk about it. But I'll, I'll complete the thought. But before I do, English English dot com is English dot free talk live dot com. English dot free talk live dot com. Yes, wonderful concept. Naomi, you are a speaker of the uh, of the uh, Nihongo, right? Nihongo. Well, sort of. I'm lost. Is that just Japanese language? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I believe you can do other languages, but are you going to start your own Skype business? No. <laughs> too uh, too lazy for that. Actually. Yeah. I, I've thought about it. I mean, I speak Spanish, and I'd like to brush up on it and get good at it. And really, the only way you do that is by by speaking. Is uh, does EnglishFreeTalkLive.com? Does it does it um, is that a variety of uh, different speakers? Yeah, I believe it's multilingual. Um, I think that's a pretty cool idea. I've never actually checked it out, um, but I believe Will Buchanan's brother does it. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Well, I will. I will um, go ahead and say what I was going to say. I was imagining a a patchwork of anarchistic communities across North America, where all sorts of different values were personified here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. And. And I imagined a community that was anti-Muslim and was very concerned about security and was afraid of non-whites and the kind of society that they would create and the kind of security society that they would create. Mm -hmm. And they would be the most targeted and probably the most insecure society um, around. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. And any particular reason why? I mean, I, I'm just trying to get you to divulge more. I think they're uh, they'd be sort of vilified for their for their racism mm-hmm. and their intolerance, and and also everybody else for the most part would be ignored because they wouldn't be out. And I, and I'm also assuming that maybe these the people in this this society that sort of are personifying American foreign policy these days, um, they'd be out creating enemies, right? Whereas everybody else would just be fostering business relationships with right, right, trying to trying to get by, you know, and just live their lives. Yeah, right. I mean, I I have absolutely nothing to do with any individual who lives in the Middle East. I mean, I don't see why their affairs should really affect me too much. I mean, yeah. well, I guess I get my petroleum from there, but uh-huh. <laughs> that, uh huh. That totally affects your everyday life. Yeah, but well, really, I get my petroleum from the gas station down the street. Yeah, you don't know where. I Right, it, it it just gets to me through capitalism, and I like that. Yeah, you know, it, capitalism facilitates you know my needs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I guess you know I can I can kind of see like uh, how if uh, anarchism finally became you know of an acceptable form of living. I mean, uh, that definitely. I mean, there's a wide range of anarchists, you know, quote unquote. Whether they're uh, more le- left-leaning or more socialist-leaning or co- full-on communist, just uh, without any kind of government, any kind of formal leadership, uh, or if they're uh, anarcho or angerist, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, you know, I, I see it on an individual level. I mean, like I, I am my own. I'm the United States of Luther. Yes, tell us more about that. Population one. I want to live there. <laughs> Only I can. Okay. You can. You can. We can have the uh, confederation of Luther and Johnny Ray, though. Okay. Well, that sounds nice. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna bomb both your countries. 
well, there's two of us against you. I'm so much better. Anyway. So that's it. That's my that's my yeah. half baked idea. Well, that kind of uh, that kind of that make. Go ahead, Luther. Well, yeah, it does make sense. I mean, like I see what you're saying. Obviously, that community would be ostracized. I mean, I I wouldn't want to to support them in any way whatsoever or go near that place. Yeah, you know, I would take the long way around if I had to, which didn't really work out for the Donner Party. But at any rate, ooh. No, on the subject of cannibalism. TJ O'Pooter Toots. <laughs> what? It's a cannibalism-themed restaurant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never heard of that. It sounds like a joke. Uh, it was a bit on the Ben Stiller show on oh, Fox I from remember. like 1994. Yeah, he did. Wow, I really missed the, the 80s. The ill-failed. It was the early 90s, oh, early I think. 90s. Yeah, after he, he was done with Saturday Night Live and he was doing his own thing. Um. Well, what you're talking about kind of kind of goes into this article I have from the Center for the Stateless Society. Uh, this is by Thomas Knapp. Uh, I've I've read his stuff before on air, and I, I really like it. I think he's got some some good ideas on anarchism. Uh, and it's called the Thin Black Line, and it's a response to something uh, someone else had written. And I haven't had time to read that article. It's called uh, "But What Kind of Stateless Society?" with a question mark and. Uh, uh, you know, it kind of brings up the question, you know, like, so we have a stateless society. What's it going to be? Is it going to be anarcho-capitalist? Is it going to be anarcho-syndicalist? I think anarcho-capitalist. Is it going to be minarchist? I mean, well, I don't see how you can stop capitalism without government or the use of violence. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, well, most of us, I think, in the at least in the greater keen area, are anarchists, or at least believe in that philosophy. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a whole lot of communists in this there's there's region. there there were like a few but not really right i mean the syndicalists don't don't quite fit in because uh, a lot of us capitalists you know just don't want to have to support them you know and that's really what it comes down to with that i think is uh that or the main problem with uh communism is that it, it kind of creates this uh dependency net you know that you can't really get out of yeah yeah so uh this is uh, the thin black line. The issue, I think, mostly with anarchists is they don't want to work. Uh, it's not really a problem, but they don't want to work corporate jobs or work for government. I have a corporate job. Yeah, a lot of us do. But yeah, me too. A lot yeah. of anarchists in this area kind of want to be agorists. And right, and there's really just the not system. a base for that. I mean, you no, can't you can't rely solely on others. Right. I mean, yeah. you have well, to, some people you, can, and some people can't. I think. Yeah, a lot of us are just pool- not spending our money very wisely. Uh, mostly spending money for fun. I think a lot of us, like the the young professionals in the area, are like saving their money. Yeah. And I know I certainly am doing that. And, like I'm trying to get out of debt and stuff. So like I don't have much time or money to really put into activism. I mean, so I, I support where I where and when I can. Yeah, I'd say stockpiling commodities is the uh, the way to go these days. <laughs> I w- I wish that somebody. I wish that the the group as a whole in the Keene area would pull their money together and maybe open up a business here, like a co-op, we need, uh, uh, like a restaurant or yeah, a co-op. We need like a something yeah. owned by us because we had Abenara, but that wasn't owned by. Right, and it, well, us. that's what the activist center is going to be. The, yeah, the Keene Activist Hopefully. Center or CAC. But uh, the, with that, would you run the risk of? Um, 
you know, maybe us not having permits to do certain things right. or whatever. Right, and jackbooted thunks yeah. coming in. Certainly, certainly. With a new mafia. Well, more on this. Uh, this is a good topic. I want to continue talking about this when we come back, if that's all right with you, Johnny Ray. I think so, sure. We have, we have to clear it with you. Yeah. 603-435-1105. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Luther. This is Johnny Ray. This is Naomi. And we're talking about uh, anarchism in general, types of anarchism, uh, what we see here in the Keene area. And what we see here in the Keene area is a lot of uh, anarchists who uh, don't really want to work in a job where they have Uh. to... My biggest issue with people is you have the younger people who come out here, and I won't speak about anybody in particular, but I've seen it a lot, is these people that kind of hitchhike here with no real plan of what they want to do. Right, yeah. no savings. They just or... couch surf from house to house, and they don't really bring in any income because right. they can't stay in a place long enough to have a job. But do you think they're gonna they're gonna stick around? I mean, do you think that's what's gonna comprise the Free State Project, the the meat and potatoes of it? I, they they come for a little while and everything's okay, but eventually they run out of funds and eventually <laughs> they run out of uh, places to kind of crash or couch surf. Or, right, right, right. Definitely. I'm sorry. Oh, say there's not a lot of um, not a lot of Free Staters or people in the Liberty Movement that have the ability to pay people jobs, so there isn't a real market for people moving here like that. To become, to just exclusively be yeah, agorist, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It's just, unfortunately, we just don't have the ability to do that right now. No, no. And there certainly is a large community Listen of young skill. people here in Keene. And I think the, the, the college town attracts that. I mean, there's a lot of a lot yeah. of pretty girls here in, in Keene. You well, can come. Yeah, and a lot of those. There th- are. Yeah. Don't be catty. I'm not uh, Oh, man. The Monadoc region is chock full of beautiful babes. And wear sweatpants. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but but those types, the uh, I don't know, the lefties or whatever. Not nec- they're not necessarily lefties. I, I'm not going to go there. Um, uh, <laughs> you you already did. They 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 like to uh, to demonstrate and be visible, and so they are. They're off. They they are visible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there's there's tons of families and people um, who have moved here, and I don't know them because i'm always out drinking and at karaoke and they're taking care of their kids and they're going to work i I do usually see you in a stupor johnny (laughs) that's inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) darn that's three times um so uh um yeah the project doesn't isn't just compiled of pot smokers or drinkers like the certainly those are the people that just go to those events right well obviously you know those sensational events like the 420 protest got more publicity than stuff like, say, the informal university. Yeah. You know, or uh, or what have you. I mean, tell me about the informal university. Well, it's a wonderful program. It is actually. It's just kind of a uh, a different kind of of learning. It's more, you know, like everyday sort of skills. Like there there was a class on play, playing poker. 
All right. Yeah. You know, it can be fun stuff like that or cooking classes, language classes, you know. It's uh, stuff that you can take. They're like almost like community college classes. Yeah, yeah. Take, just taught by people. For, uh, yeah, and it's pretty decentralized. Price. I mean, they they might like rent out a restaurant for a cooking class, you know, and just charge 50 bucks a day. And you could easily cover the cost of that. So you basically anyone can go and teach anything and anyone can go and learn anything there. Um, and I wanted to bring that to Keene. Unfortunately, I'm moving, so like I had to, I had to put a lot of my my projects. You'll be back. I know they always come back. I know. Oh, well, I was thinking of moving to Manchester. Actually, I have to admit. Yeah, um, everybody has. No, we have that. It's the, a there's been a slow migration right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean the the Keen the Keen uh, contingency. I like yeah. that alliteration. Uh, is is pretty strong. I mean, there's a good base here. You know, like yeah. uh, everybody who came to Festivus, pretty much. And uh, then there's the rest of us who didn't. <laughs> Naomi. Huh? You didn't come to uh, Festivus. I did not. I actually, for That's once, right. I, well, had I, family to go yeah. to this oh, year. Oh, congratulations. I know. Yeah. And, and I, I understand that. that. Like, uh, I didn't expect everybody to come. I'm just... So that's why you're hanging hung over because you were hanging out with your family. Yeah, uh, Josh's uh, aunt is uh, promoting us to drink. On the <laughs> She's kind of cool. So we're promoting I, us to drink. So I actually had family to go to this year. It's, nice. It's really great. Nice. But I think like and on the topic of that with family is the the project really is like a huge community family and we do have things like meet miss this year where it's people mm-hmm. who don't can't go home mm-hmm. or right. don't have families to go to can just come and celebrate it with the rest of us and mm-hmm. i think that's a, a real huge important part of what we're doing here it's not so much the activism and we don't even all have to agree on the same thing but we're all here for each other with the same common goal and yep. if something we're were relatively to go down, common goal yeah and a lot of people and like just like with a family there's going to be some infighting and a lot of people uh complain that there isn't a common goal and, uh, uh well i mean everybody differs about where they want this project to go right so there's people who are actually like the people with the families mm-hmm. who think differently than the single people who mm-hmm. might have different priorities in, right, in store right, right. for they don't have children to think about. Well, and, and it seems that local areas are kind of specializing in what sort of uh, uh, activists they draw. Right. You know, we uh, have uh, Keene is more of a central hub for anarchy and because we're a college town, particularly. And, yeah, yeah, we're not really. Uh, it's a great place for families, but. I think more single people tend to move to Keene because mm-hmm. uh, you can share rooms and stuff like that. Definitely. Not really... There is the, the Mananoc Families for Liberty uh, right. group here in Keene, though. Uh, and they they don't do too much yet because they're, they're you know, obviously busy being families. But they do they do a little bit. And I went to their Santa's Little Baker. Uh, I saw you there. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, that was so much fun because yeah. Michael Garcia um, tried to make some gingerbread creations. <laughs> And I saw the end product. Brother, they were <laughs> ugly. <laughs> yeah. I blame the drugs. And Michael's a really great guy. I mean. <laughs> yeah, looked at in sort of a family way. They were they were very they were beautiful, but you right. know, looked at in a practical I want to make something that looks like something. I'm sure way. that that gingerbread house would not pass inspection. <laughs> Did he have a permit to build it? <laughs> Maybe does that's it, does why. It under city Maybe that's why it failed. Yeah. Having that piece of paper will will keep your house magically aloft. So, and uh I have an article here that's kind of kind of about like different types of anarchism and uh people having 
you know, different goals and uh, the thin black line, the thin black line. Have at it. All right. This is from the Center for Stateless Society. In a, but what kind of a stateless society? And that's the name of an article. Jeremy Wayland raises in a constructive manner several important issues surrounding what the Center for a Stateless Society uh, does and how we do it. I encourage you to read the entire piece. This is intended as a general response, not a fisking. I'm going to start from two premises. Fisking. Premises number one, since its birth as a movement, anarchism has had to contend with the problem of competing visions. Uh, the example that comes immediately to mind is uh, anarchism without objectives, uh, which is a uh, for you guys who don't know, it's basically uh, an essay uh, written in Spain about uh, how it shouldn't matter applying titles to anarchism, where whether it's uh, syndicalist, anarcho-capitalist, individualist, what have you, and just you know uh, concentrating on that common goal of wanting you know government out of your life. <laughs> and uh, he goes on to say, uh, "We're united in our opposition to the state, but divided on what we uh, anticipate replacing it with." That's not going to change, not today, not tomorrow, and not in whatever stateless future we bring about, if indeed we succeed in bringing about such a future at all. The society in which debate has ended is not stateless. It's dead. And with what he said, if if it happens at all, I can see it happening many, many, many generations down the line. Um, yeah. Not sure. I, I don't think I'm going to see full anarchy in my lifetime, but I will work my damnedest to uh, to get as far as I can. Uh, premise number two, the fact that our disagreements are going to be perpetual and vehement, excuse me, vehement, uh, does not pre- preclude mutually beneficial alliances centered around our agreements or support for projects which advance goals we share. To my mind, the libertarian left constitutes such an alliance and the Center for a Stateless Society such a project. The alliance of the libertarian left is united by an opposition to statism and militarism, to culture intolerance, such as sexism, racism, homophobia, and to the prevailing corporatist, <coughs> excuse me, and to the prevailing corporatist capitalism falsely called a free market, as well as by an emphasis on education, direct action, and building alternative institutions rather than electoral politics as our chief strategy for achieving liberation. Now that all sounds Fine and dandy to me. How about you, Johnny? Indeed. Yeah. And Naomi? Very nice. Very, very nice. All right. Uh, so more on this coming up. And uh, I really like what he says about direct action and uh, creating alternative institutions. That's what I'm mostly inv- yeah. interested in. Yeah, you're in all about here. the alternative institutions. Right. Like informal you and alternative currencies especially. So. Yep. 603-435-1105. We'll be back after we're done rocking out to this awesome metal. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories that are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. You'll be awed by the illustrations while you cheer for the heroes and boo the villains. Check out BigHeadPress.com and sample their work online before you buy BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live, 
603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in and talk about whatever you want, from the political to the personal. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. Naomi. And Johnny, you got an important word for us from our sponsor, don't you? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the interwebs. Yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Well... If you're from an English-speaking country, then check out English.FreeTalkLive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to the podcast, then pause it right now and check out the site. Go to English.FreeTalkLive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get started is the ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam, and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss that oversees a rewarding and challenging job that requires your unique creativity and passion. Pause the podcast and visit english.freetalklive.com right now. That was great, Johnny. That so was much, much yeah, better yeah. Than, than my reads. Always classy. <laughs> Johnny uh, flexing his acting skills from the local yes, theater. He's a theater. He's an actor. Yeah. Do you have a any, talented actor. Do you have any plays coming up, Johnny? Um, I think... That I just got a part uh-huh. in a Neil Simon play yeah, called The Gingerbread Lady. And I think that I'm going to be playing... The Gingerbread Lady? An abusive ex-boyfriend. Oh, Ooh. moving up, moving up. Oh, <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, he's getting yeah. The, the the better roles now. Um... So, uh, so yeah, that's 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 cool. wonderful. Very cool, man. Congratulations. Thank you, Luther. I look forward to seeing him because I missed the last two plays you were in. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad friend. Yeah. No, you tried to come. I remember. Yep. I got locked out. Yep. Yep. I, and I promise it wasn't because I told them not to let you in. <laughs> See that guy with the beard? The chops. Don't let him in. He's crazy. <laughs> crazy person. He hides explosives under there and anthrax. That he unleashes. I'm like a supervillain, really. <laughs> it's why we call you Luther. Yeah, that's your. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, getting back on uh, important topics, you know, anarchism. Oh yeah, let's. This is the final hour, right? This is yeah. the final hour. Let's. It's the final countdown. Break out oh, of God. the mundane, the ordinary. Think outside let's. Of the box. I hope this is good because so far I'm nodding. That's all. That's it. That's all oh. I had to say. <laughs> Let's electrify the studio. Turn. Uh, Let's talk I think about I need a little more cocaine for that myself. Whoa. Co- yeah. Hookers and blow. Hookers and blow. Yeah. That's what the Free State Project is. Hookers and blow. <laughs> Am I a hooker or am I blow? <laughs> Can it be both? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm, I'm still a little... Uh, Tired, you know, the holiday season and all. From all the hookers and blow. Um, not not exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's not a hooker if you kiss them on the lips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had an interesting article here that I was reading off the Free Talk Live webpage. That's my show prep, which I do during the show. So it's not quite prep like because you're not prepared. They shut up. I do what I can. Well, what is it about? Uh, any whoa. Uh, Anyway, it's talking about how a 13-year-old was arrested on Friday in Oklahoma City um, for uh, accused of violating a city ordinance that prohibits the possession of permanent markers and um, any sort of aerosol spray paint can because it violates some sort of graffiti law. 
And according to the article, this student was writing with a permanent marker on a sheet of paper and it bled through and wrote onto the desk. Yep. And the teacher placed him under citizen's arrest. <laughs> citizen's arrest. <laughs> For graffiti. And I find this interesting because when I was in high school, I was um, a comic book artist by by nature. And yeah. I used to carry around Sharpies all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever had a problem with that. My teachers never looked at me and thought that I was a terrorist of sorts and that I was going to graffiti all over the damn place. Although if I did frequently draw titties on desks. <laughs> and that, bulges too, apparently, right? bulges, yes. Well, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today without that. So Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a must in the comic industry. Yes. But uh, I was never really got in trouble for doing things like that. You know, I was allowed to bring markers and we pretty much had a lot of freedoms in my high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, I find it very interesting that now it has come to uh, everything is you're you're guilty until proven innocent. Where you're not even trusted or allowed to have such articles, right? Right. Uh, because they just don't trust the students enough that they're not going to do it. Right. And though this is obviously an extreme case, if you prohibit something like that, how do you expect someone to learn to use it? Uh, wisely yeah properly it's the same with drugs and alcohol if you don't mm-hmm. let you i mean i'm not saying this is for a fact but i know that in my i was i was very oppressed being raised repressed? my parents yes okay oppressed both yeah. and um i wasn't allowed to do such things as underage <sighs> drinking or smoke pot or anything and i know that when i got out of out of school i went to new york city for work and I got a little out of control. Wow. A lot of kids do when they go to college. Right. They, they open up and... The Amish as well. Yeah, yeah, crazy people. The Amish effect. That one day Kingpin? they get... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was stripping at one point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like in high school it's the same thing. Yeah. When it's senior year, when you're given privileges, kids usually abuse them because mm-hmm. they are they're given the right and they don't know how to handle said responsibility. Mm-hmm. At least some of the kids can't. But uh, they just kind of ruined it for everybody by saying you can't even have this or talk of this. I wasn't allowed to carry uh, like a Bud K weapons catalog in high school. You know, like I was into replica swords because I'm a nerd. and shit, so I wasn't allowed to carry those magazines around and wow. things like that that promote violence. I, I remember being in middle school right after Columbine and they took away my snowboarding coat because it was too baggy. Yes. And because I was uh, not a popular kid, so I guess they <laughs> kind of profiled me <laughs> that I'm going to go postal. You weren't for collars, cool. <laughs> right, right. Because, yeah, you know me. I mean, I'm just... So were you singled <laughs> out? Were there other were there other puffy coats around? Uh, I, I never really knew. But as far as I know, uh, like I never saw anybody else get their coat taken away, just me. You know, I think you're doing a good job tonight, right? Yes. But I got to say that I think that you're just the kind of... D bag who'd <laughs> he would run disgusting. around Port St. Lucie, Florida with a big puffy coat on. He it was in Idaho actually hair. at the time. All right. Well, I guess that uh... that was pre facial hair. So yes, it was. He yeah. was a little I, less I, I didn't get I didn't get a beard until I was like eighteen, nineteen, I think. And even then, I didn't grow it out ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until like I, I, just... I broke up with this really hot girl I was dating, and I was so depressed. I I just stopped shaving. By yep. girl, you mean your hand? <sighs> We've been over uh, this, Naomi. She was real. Yeah. This time. She's from Niagara <laughs> Falls. <laughs> She's from Niagara. You wouldn't know her. You, you she was from Port St. Lucie, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. 
But uh, okay, and you were in Port St. Lucie also. Yeah. I thought for, we for a moment you were living in Idaho, and she was in Port St. Lucie. No, and it was just this crazy. That's what brought me to Port St. Lucie. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, breakup with at the girl 15, from Port St. Lucie. I moved all the way down to Florida. Yeah, just for a girl. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about that. That is tough. You know, sometimes these things just aren't meant to be, and yep. that's okay. <clears throat> so, besides, I'm doing all right now. Um, I think you're very good looking. Thank you. I like my beard. It's nice and soft. <laughs> when there... I first started doing this show, I used to get a lot of comments in the chat about my beard, actually. And, like, uh, I was called Wolverine constantly, or yeah. Lincoln. Sure. You know. But uh, I yeah. keep it pretty well trimmed now. I get a lot of Amish comments as well. Is that right? Yes. There's a lot of wonderful, like, Old Testament names around here that wasn't like back home. Like, yeah. you've got your your um, Isaiah's and your Ezekiel's and really? Abraham's and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Am I? Am I? Am I, I, I see here? a lot of Brian's and John's and Steve's and, uh, you know, English names. Well, I feel like I've seen more than my fair share of, like I said, Ezekiel's and and also waxed mustaches. I, I saw, yeah, waxed mustaches and curled. Yeah, I, I I saw a few of those in Florida, but not nearly as much as I do up here for sure. And mustaches in general, it's just a New England thing. I would like to have that explained to me someday. Yeah, there's a really funny Family Guy episode where Peter grows a mustache. I highly suggest you check it out. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. We got more coming up. This is my final, my final show on Free Talk Live, everybody. It's been a good run. Yeah. Listen to that bass, Naomi. That's fucking awesome. Ooh. Yeah. Sexy. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. It's Naomi. Ooh. Ooh. It's a lady. And, uh, well, do you have a... Uh, we were talking about that thing in school uh, where the, the yeah. kid wrote on a piece of paper with a, a Sharpie and it bled through. Uh, did you have any... Was there anything more to that article? And the teacher... Uh, executed a citizen's arrest citizen's on the student. Citizen's arrest. Yeah, not even a detention or... Yeah, he just went straight forward locking him. Did it, did it say what the charge him. was? Graffiti, uh, it right? It says law appears to be directed at curbing graffiti and is under a nuisance chapter of city ordinance. Yeah. Does yeah. it give any information about the law? Um, uh, like what it's it in- under city ordinance uh, 35202. It is illegal for any person to possess, to possess spray paint a permanent marker on private property without the permission of a property owner. And a public school is private property? Uh, uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's funny because uh, for my job, I keep my tools in my pocket because it's much easier than right. carrying around a heavy bag. Yeah. And uh, like I, I really only ever need like a screwdriver, a spring hook, and, and uh, some, some kind of forceps or clamps. You, you don't need that in high school, though. I think, uh, well, I go to a lot of high schools and... And yeah. I bring a Sharpie with me a lot, too, because that's pretty useful. So, like, are they going to say something to me? I mean, no. I, I bring a knife on the I, campuses. I, have, I assume I it has that. a lot to do. It just mainly pertains to the students. Um, they probably do not want <clears throat> and, yeah. them graffitiing and doing all this. Right. Stuff. And, yeah, certainly that goes on in schools. I mean, I went to some poorer schools in Florida, and they, they were just nasty, like with stuff written on the, the walls and desks torn up and stuff. But uh, 
I didn't find that. Well, my high school was actually built in the 60s. My, <clears throat> my stepdad went there. Yeah. And Monadnock Regional High School is next to Keene. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I work there a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> so they're the worst, aren't they? But uh, anyway, that school had a lot of, they lost its accreditation, and it's not really so much private property anymore, but I think they've gotten it back by now. But They lost their accreditation, really? Yeah, because of repairs. They can't afford to repair the school. Yeah, yeah, they down. were doing a lot of construction uh, last summer, actually. Right. Um, but uh, they they try to do this with children is, you know, just curb their their rights altogether, you know, and treat them like they don't have them. And it always bothered me when I was in school. I mean, they certainly did it to me a lot. Yeah, well, it worked on me. Yeah, I, I was, um, I was, I, I wanted to be a part of the great patriotic collective, <laughs> and I don't know what so you ha- joined the Marines. Yeah, I don't know what happened to uh, change my mind about that, but um, but it worked on me very well. You must be a Fed. <laughs> I was actually talking about with Josh in the car the other day about how my high school usually around this time of year lets um, the the mil- there's a big recruiting <laughs> month where they let recruiters come in and talk to the kids during in the cafeteria yeah and i don't i don't see how that is legal in any way shape or form you can't even have a permanent marker but you're allowed to have somebody come on campus with uh i don't they're not allowed to carry he's trained to kill you with his bare hands yeah he's a weapon Yeah. yeah all of us were given the the armed services vocational aptitude battery or asfab standardized test to you know determine what what role is best suited for you in America's military yeah i think we took something similar to that okay. we would have a marines recruiter walking around he was an alumnus of our high school and he would walk around at lunchtime and talk to people and he was kind of creepy actually <laughs> they usually are yeah so and and i remember when recruiting was like at its height when the war in iraq first started and and just you couldn't go anywhere without recruiters bugging you. You know, if you looked like a, you were in your late teens, you know, they were trying to get yeah. you to sign up and they'd be like, hey, how's it going? You know, they were worse than the, the cell phone guys <laughs> at Christmas time. <laughs> and uh, you'd walk away and they'd have some something, you know, you could hear them be like, oh, yeah, don't, don't mind them. They're just stupid kids or something like that. <laughs> Writing us off. But really, you know, we are the future. What bothers me, I'm reading a little bit more on this article, what bothers me about it is, uh, says the seventh grade math teacher made a citizen's arrest on the teen and the police officer transferred the student to a community intervention center that houses juveniles who have been arrested. The name of the minor was not released. They, they, They arrested this kid who is only 13 years old for writing, not even intentionally writing on a desk. Right. I mean, what what is it going to come to where a teacher can just right. pretty much citizens arrest a kid for just about anything? It'll, it'll be their their civic duty to uh, yeah. report miscreants and malcontents. Pretty soon they'll be able to pat kids down. And, yeah, and and a lot of times it targets kids who don't belong. There was a principal at the high school in Idaho, which I'd never went to this high school, but I heard nothing nothing good about her. And she would, uh, like, if you were kind of a bad seed, she would kind of make it her business to get you kicked out. And she One did it those. to, yeah, she did it to people I know, so. Probably crazy cat lady. Probably. <laughs> I'll bet even her cats didn't like her. <laughs> That's usually the way it goes. <laughs> she was nasty. She was she was a witch. And, uh, you know, she was just working her way up the up the bureaucratic ladder, you know, she was a assistant principal now, probably gunning for principal or school board attendant. She just loved that power. She loved to wield it in a very negative way. I mean, which is really the only way you can wield it. Yeah. 
absolute power comes absolute corruption. Mm-hmm. I've never found an instance where that wasn't true, I think, for the most part. I mean, even as much as there are good teachers, I had a lot of them in high school. My mm-hmm. The reason I got into the liberty movement was because of uh, a very libertarian teacher I had. However, I feel that the authority that they have over students, as much as it, it really doesn't exist, because kids can just do whatever they want and... Yeah, know, there are the ways. Office. There are ways around it. They, we we found a like a uh, an electrical room where we would my friends would hide their cigarettes and we would hide like a marijuana marijuana, a marijuana cigarette. Yeah, marijuana you cigarettes. Kids with your rock music. And yeah, your <laughs> our jazz music and our our dope. You you crazy kids. <clears throat> and uh, like so, there are ways around it. I mean, the dumb kids would get caught smoking in the bathroom because they Idiots. would regularly make rounds, and obviously, you smell like cigarettes and. The toilet's clogged because you tried to flush them down. <laughs> but uh, similar, going back to what this article that you're talking about, I heard a story on Free Talk Live many, many years ago. Like this is back in '05, maybe when I first started listening about a kid who brought a butter knife, and like not not yeah. not yeah. not the serrated butter knife that you know that you have that you get in a cutlery set, yeah. but uh, a butter spreader essentially. Yeah, and like, it's it's only a knife by name, not by function. The same way a killer whale is actually a dolphin. So it's just ridiculous that. So, like, you might imagine a, a wooden butter spreader or something, <laughs> or just a, a dull metal one, even. Yeah, you know, they, these aren't. You can't easily harm somebody with this. You know, uh, I guess if you tried for an hour, you might cut some skin. Uh huh. <laughs> Still, though, I mean, it it seems just a little ridiculous that they, 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 they find it necessary to. Uh, make children seem scary or mm-hmm. make them seem fearful that they're and somehow hurting the the community and it's they kind of demonize them before they have a chance really yeah. you know make them feel bad and I mean, uh there's there's th- that whole you know messes you up in the long yeah like i i don't think people are inherently bad myself i think people do bad and good things i mean everybody has both of that in them obviously but for the most part i think people want to get along and they want to just you know go about their lives and to do that they have to make other people happy right 603-435-1105 this is free talk live we got plenty more coming up uh half an hour left of the show we'll see you when we get back Too much metal for one hand. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. With you as always, it's Luther. I'm Johnny Ray. And Naomi. And uh, tonight is my final night. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yay. Are you, are you glad to see about, me go? No. I want to actually talk about some of my favorite Luther memories. Oh, that sounds what wonderful. What kind of Luther memories? Let's take a little trip back about a year ago. Wah. Actually, a couple of weeks ago. My wah, favorite wah, wah, wah. <laughs> My favorite experience with Luther was grocery shopping and pretending we were married <laughs> and screaming at each other and him threatening to beat me. And like the cashier a, seeming like, very concerned. Like a domestic... Well, we were yes. laughing. I don't think she... <laughs> yeah, we were. We were joking about it because we're awful people. You're like, what did I tell you about talking? And what did I tell you about free thought, woman? Yes. So that was... Some, we made some... Um, 
paella. Right. Because I, yeah, yeah. Because I have a very dark sense of humor. That's why we were doing that. Yeah. It's very yeah. Funny. Well, yeah. I, I like to do that. I make shopping an adventure because otherwise it's it's tedious and boring and kind of awkward being around all these strangers who won't talk to you, like yes. being in an elevator. And I found myself in an elevator a few weeks ago, and uh, I really had to pee. And it was taking forever. I was at a hotel, and I, I was waiting to go up, and it kept stopping, and people kept getting on. And it was just me and this other guy. He got on, and I, I just bust up laughing because I was thinking, it's so weird that you just ignore the people you're with when you're on the elevator. Yeah. And I lost it. So he probably thought I was a freak. <laughs> <laughs> and I got out on the next Which floor. You're not you would be surprised, all. actually, people. <clears throat> I mean, the apartment buildings that I've lived in in New York City, you'd mm-hmm. be surprised. People bust out laughing. You're just kind of like, what is that guy laughing about? And right, right. Join in, not really knowing why. Yeah, you know, sometimes if I get depressed about anything, I imagine, I think about the people that I see and how they're like a whole universe right inside that person. And that's very, that's 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 really uplifting yeah. for me yeah. personally. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I have similar thoughts and it is interesting. Definitely. Yeah, there's like, you're, we're surrounded here by a wealth of humanity mm-hmm. and it's, and I love yeah. it. A million or a billion points of light. Yes. Thank you, Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, certainly is, and I love individualism. I love, uh, I love getting to know people and and what makes them them. You know, their, uh-huh. their essence. I like that about people really a lot. So I'm very anti-collectivist for that matter, and that that kind of led me on the path to liberty. Actually, is uh, when I was in high school, uh, I read Thoreau and loved it, and I always wanted to come up to New England and and see what it was like anyway. But I never thought I would actually move up here. Uh huh. Yeah. So, but his ideas kind of got me on the path, and then I found Ayn Rand, and and then I found Harry Brown. You know, earlier in the show, I said that I don't know what turned me around, but now and, you've got your cover story. Fed. Well, yeah, it was it was a, I knew it to be untrue as I uttered the words. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Rush Limbaugh that made me into a an anarchist, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't a negative reaction to wish- him, but a positive reaction to his ideas. Yeah. And then I just started applying the things that I liked about what he was saying um, to to everything, including the military and immigration and stuff, yeah. in a more coherent fashion than I think he does. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's how yeah, I... I wouldn't call him coherent, really. Yeah, or, Belligerent, or cohesive, maybe. maybe. A blowhard. It, it, blowhard. He is, is, is the word, <laughs> really, that I meant, which also, yeah, he's not... Got yeah. to PC. Principled. <clears throat> yeah, when he got when he got busted for for painkillers, mm-hmm. he really faced a fork in the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he went down the wrong way. I, I'd have to agree. Not only did he continue to speak out or speak in favor of the war on drugs and and speak out against you know pot users, but he uh, he cried wee 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 all the way to the UC- UCLA about how they wanted to check his doctor's records. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what a hypocrite! Well, you better believe if uh, if they come after my doctor's records, I, I I may or may not. I'm just gonna say it right here. I may or may not go to UCLA. <laughs> that's a bold but statement. But you have a high metachlorian count, Luther. Yes, that's true. Maybe I can uh, I can distract them and change Ooh. their minds. You know, these these aren't the doctor records you're looking for. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think midichlorians is pretty a pretty poor just uh, 
story on what the force is. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, oh, I don't think anybody wanted that. that. <laughs> Maybe you should have brought that up earlier. This is there. Nerd Talk Live. It is Nerd Talk Live. 603-435-1105. Let's talk nerds. It is your last night. We are just, it's a Sunday edition. I don't really care. Right, right. And Let's there talk are, some nerds. There are plenty of people who will shit. listen to this on podcast, but you know what? Who are nerds? Yeah, in this moment, there, they there really Star- are a lot Everybody of loves Star Wars. Not everybody. Well, those people... Andrew, do you know 280? Yes. 280, he, he's hosted this show with me before. Um, <clears throat> he likes to talk about cars constantly, and he thinks that Harry Potter is better than Star Wars. That sounds like communist what? talk to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's fighting words right there. I mean, jeez. Harry Potter. I know. How can Come Harry on. Potter be? Star Wars is what? the greatest story ever told. It is. Retold. <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah, well, well it's based off of uh, mythology uh, and archetypes in mythology all around the world. Okay, well, let me just put this example here. <clears throat> Harry Potter only, only has one to two pretty much universes, whereas Star Wars has multiple planets and multiple races of people. It's not just wizards and mm-hmm. whatever those. I don't ever read the books but oh freaking whoa that slipped nobody heard that i never read those books. i've done it like five it's times like that yeah it's like the twilight of the <laughs> wizarding world so yeah it is kind of emo i mean yeah the glasses and the, the hair British and, accents. yeah and, and what a bunch of whiny little not very american you know star wars is not it's not american it's universal no it's not what is it Star Wars? Yeah. It's kind of a collect... Yeah, it is universal. Yeah. Saying. Harry Potter is not... It's a, it, it's a paella of, of... It is a paella. <laughs> a paella. Culture. Yeah, it, it totally is. Yes. And that's what makes it so great. It, it has such universal appeal, and it's timeless as well. Because like, it's, it's in the past, but it's in the future. Yeah, word. I like Han Solo. Han Everybody Solo. likes Han Solo. Man yeah, right yeah. There. I have a man crush on Han Solo. Boba Fett's got to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a principled anarchist. He's not really with the alliance. He's not really with the. He's, he's yeah. He's definitely. Uh, he's a capitalist. Freelance, yeah. But yeah. he he kidnaps people like V, and you have problems with V, don't you? Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, because he blows stuff up and he kills people. And, yeah. Yeah, and he brainwashes people. I mean. Yeah. And in the comic, though, he has some great quotes about anarchy in the I comic. I don't care. The guy, he's a, he is. Yeah. What's, what's he's V? A, v he's for a vendetta. Terrorist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. He's he's essentially just a terrorist. Yeah, he's one of those cocktail. And, and, well, lobby. that was that was the point that uh, Alan Moore was trying to make with that. It was he was presenting it, and it was for the reader to decide whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah, bad guy. I don't think anybody thought. Everybody watches the movie, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's what it's supposed." To. No. Well, yeah, the comic was very different. Sorry. Uh, the, the the movie they tried to make it more of like a libertarian sort of allegory, which is fine. I mean, it was entertaining. And visually very, very well shot, I think. Aside from the fact that Alan Moore is batshit insane. That's true, I've heard. Sits but man, attic. does he write some good comics. Yes. Just uh, recounting on some Alan Moore the other day. Oh, yeah? Reading some comic books. Any any story in particular? Um. Well, I'm, I've been hearing a lot of hearsay and talk about a Watchmen 2 going on at uh, Virgo oh, Comics. I, I've heard a little about yeah, that as well. I sure. don't think that needs to happen. I don't think it does. It's not necessary, but... Right. Um, with the popularity of The Walking Dead, the, sh- the TV show, they're Did, starting to auction was off. Was that he? No, no. I that was Robert so. Kirkman. Okay. Uh, with the popularity of that TV show, they're trying to, I think... I, th- I heard some rumors about a Watchmen series. 
something oh. about and now mm. I'm more so crazy that he just babbled some nonsense and they're like, okay, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did like the Watchmen universe, especially since most of them didn't have powers. They just kicked ass. Yeah. I like Kick-Ass. That, that movie was pretty good as far as superheroes go. What's that about? It's about a kid who just decides, you know, why hasn't there been a superhero? And like he... The comic book is much darker. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, he decides to buy a scuba suit and become a superhero. Cool. Scuba. Say scuba. 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 What did I say? <laughs> scuba. Scuba? Anyway, 603-435-1105. This is Become Nerd Talk Live. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. (laughs) It just comes out of me. We got one more segment coming up. Stick around. This is my last show ever, and hopefully Mandrick will fall. This is Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. This is Luther, and this is my last segment of my last show ever. ever. Oh, no. And we got with us... Johnny Ray. And Naomi. Naomi. Yep. And uh, we quickly devolved into Nerd Talk Live because none of us did show prep. You know, <laughs> you know it's been a busy time it, of year. It just always kind of transgresses back to nerd shit anyway. Right, right. Especially we should have been we, do, we probably should have been doing nerd the whole time. Because if it was live. Dale here, it'd just be gay stuff. Right, gay talk live. So. Or just perv talk live. I mean, that's Dale. <laughs> and then when Stephanie hosts, it's uh, lady talk live, or as I like to call it, giggle talk live. Giggle talk live. Yeah. Tee-hee. Uh, yeah, I'm usually upstairs because uh, I live Smoking above the studio. Pop. And like, I didn't say that. And uh, and I hear them, uh, you know, giggling. just giggling away like every now and then, every every few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've gotten better about about it. The first week they did it, they were they were off the hook, but they do a great job. I, I promise I, I love I won't those giggle. ladies. What's that? I won't giggle. You don't strike me as a giggler. More of a sarcasm. More like a chuckler. I'm more of a. <laughs> yeah, a chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> Carla, isn't she a wonderful person? I love Carla. Yeah, me too. Um, I said the last, the the only other time I ever hosted the show, I talked about how Carla was great. And since we were on the subject, I wanted to say it again. I don't blame you. Yeah. She had these really cool porcupine spines at a pork fest that she stuck in her hair. Right. Yeah. She's Queen Quill. That's right. Queen Quill. Uh Uh-huh. If I was going to have a monarch, I'd want it to be Carla. She's very regal. I agree. Yeah. And I love talking with Carla. She gets so passionate. And, like, not a lot of people do. I do. I have to, like, hold back on that because people get freaked out about it a lot. She's very cheery a lot of the time. I yeah, and it's that. very infectious. So. Hard to... What I love about the and movement... she's very worldly. Worldly. Yeah. What I love about the movement is, like, a lot of us know these common people. And yeah. we have so many great, amazing people here. Yeah, this movement is definitely full of characters. We have... Mm-hmm. They've quickly become family members. Yeah, some very strong personalities that yeah. you get to... That it become very endearing. Like, I, I live with Johnny Ray and Andrew for a little while, and I absolutely adore them. They're two of the <laughs> oh, finest gentlemen I've yeah. ever lived Andrew with Carol. in my entire life. Yes. Oh my. Yep. There are many Andrews in this movement, so you have to specify. Yeah. That's why I don't yeah. go by Chris. I go by Luther, because there are so many Chris's. So, yeah, and uh, I found that, too. I mean, I've made some some friends who I know are going to be my lifelong friends, and yeah. some of them are in this room. 
somewhere in this room anyway, like you, Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Touche. What uh, I, I'm just teasing. It's okay. I know. You can't <laughs> take it back. It's your last show, though. You'll forever. Actually, there's a button. There's a button you. that'll kind of bleep out what happened about five <laughs> seconds ago. I'm sure we've missed that window by now, but yeah, I do have the power. It's your last words to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not moving yet, and, and like I said, I'll still be around. I mean, I'll just be in Vermont. Uh, I, I, I think this is a good move for me. And uh, when I when it first came up, I first thing I did is I went out and I asked pretty much everybody, you know, hey, what do you think of this? You know, just to get their opinion. And a lot of people. A lot of people said, no, don't go. We'll miss you. You know, you don't want to go to Vermont. You want to stay but here in the Free State Project. And they had, they, they obviously you, had selfish reasons for that. And but a lot they, of gave peop- you, like, they give you the list and they tell you, well, like, what's your reasons <laughs> to stay? And I'm pretty sure you can't really think You of- know, I can be nude in Vermont and not get arrested. And I can op- I can conceal carry and not Is get arrested. Is that your priorities? No, I'm just <laughs> saying. Is that where your priorities lie? <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes it's nice to be, to feel the wind between your legs. Yeah, the uh, the gun environment in Vermont is uh, really interesting. I didn't expect them to be so mm-hmm. gun liberal. Yeah, you know, um, you know what I mean. When right, I say right. That. Yeah, a, a lot of times, folks on the left will be very strongly anti-gun, and people in Vermont seem to really understand the importance of them. <laughs> An armed society is a polite society, right? Yep. yep. In Vermont, you know they. Certainly don't have a lot of crime. I mean, I, I I'm not worried about locking my doors. The what what I love so much about guns is they're the great equalizers. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm a small guy, you know. Like I can't I can't win in a fist fight if some drunk jackal is being loud at a bar, you know, and starts picking on me. You know what the fuck am I gonna do? What yeah. the whoa? What yeah, the gun, heck? Gun control brings people. Why don't you back, fire me, Naomi? You're fired. Pushes people back into like prehistory where. Where um, your 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 security is dependent on your size and your ability to scratch and claw somebody's eyes out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's an interesting point. I mean, is would it really be not fair fighting if I just kick somebody in the nuts like a big guy in the nuts and the just took him down? Luther, is you rack discipline? <laughs> I rack a discipline rack when a discipline. I run a balance. That's very offensive. Well, I'm allowed to. You're allowed to. That's true. And I'm allowed to talk about greasy Italians and drunk Irish. Sure. Not really. Because nobody wants to hear about that. Well, yeah, nobody does. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about my family reunions. <laughs> well, I'm not kicking from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, would that be unfair of me to just be like, you know, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to take you out. I mean, if, effectively, if you, are, if you are being injured. I mean, I always think I'm not a pacifist in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. If somebody's coming after me, I'd kung fu their ass, but... I mean, it's... To- Just because you're Asian? Well, Luther, that's <laughs> offensive. But uh, I would I would certainly think that if somebody came out with a gun, that's definitely not equal in any way, shape, or form. That's definitely threatening to, to a degree of, of life, you know, yeah. life or death. So, I mean, hands can be a, a weapon, but it's not... You can't really be charged with first degree or attempted murder with your hands. Mm. I, I think it's better to have a gun and not need it, right. obviously. My thinking about, I think, what you were just talking about and kicking people in the nuts mm-hmm. is that, and this is another one of those half-baked ideas, but your arms, your reach kind of describes a sphere that is should be secure to you. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes inside that and they are they are being belligerent, then for you to knee them in the groin is 
perfectly non-aggressive. In self-defense, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of people will say that it's a, a pussy way out. No. Oh, I don't think so at all. No? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you do what you have to to win, I guess. If it's a, a, I personally study Aikido, which is a, a form of a almost complete, it's not, uh, it's almost complete defense. Right, in, right. In Aikido, you're not really taught to be offensive or taught to be, uh, they're not specifically martial arts moves to it's use. It's more about evading, it's right? deflecting and, and evasion, yes. Okay, okay. And sort of using their moves against them. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. So That's uh, is Steven Seagal, right? I, uh, yeah, he's a master. I, I, I personally study, study under uh, this guy. His name is Bruce Wayne. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I study him too, but he's kind of a whiny. My parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, he's a sociopath. Oh, Christian Bale was in The Fighter, which we were talking about over the break. Yes, yes. He played the crack addict. Dickie uh, Ward. Yeah. Back the, to that's the a story about uh, the, yeah, the boxer, Mickey, Mickey Ward, who uh, is from Lowell, Mass., just uh, south of Nashua here in New Hampshire. Who uh, knocked down Sugar Ray Leonard. Did he? That was a big. That was a big part of the film. Wow! Was that was his? He, Dickie Ward was the pride of Lowell because he fought Sugar Ray Leonard in a in a professional match. I imagine, mm-hmm. and he knocked him down. Although some people in the film said that Sugar Ray tripped. <laughs> well, some um, people say, yeah. Well, I think they showed, all that matters is somebody was on his ass when that was done. I think they actually showed archive footage of the fight where um, I wasn't as pay- paying as close attention to it huh. as I wish I had been, but I think it looked like he did knock him you down. Were, you were busy making out with Andrew. <sighs> hey now, hey now. If I was, <laughs> and you're not saying you weren't. Andrew is a handsome young little redhead. Gentlemen, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. It's quite tempting. He's got the, he's got the flesh of a young supple <laughs> man. Very nubile. He, he can get lunar burns. His hey, skin is so. Uh, the lack of his ability to grow facial hair is just a complete tor- turn off for me. I have to say, he well, he's in uh, he's in Whittier, California, right now, celebrating the holidays with his family. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back tomorrow. He was coming back today, but his flight was canceled. Yeah, we got a pretty nasty snowstorm. I had to. Go pick up Naomi for it, uh, or yes, it during it. Yeah, yes. yeah, no problem. We almost died on the hill though that she lives on. Yeah. Oh, I could imagine that being tough to get up. Yeah. Try walking it. I'll bet. <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. So you're probably not going to miss that if you if you leave. <laughs> no, probably not. But I just it's the same bullshit once you move back to New York City anyway. Yeah. So are you definitely going back? Yeah, when you're in a relationship, things kind of vary. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. You get all serious, and now you're making decisions for two people, and all of a sudden, you know. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's over. It's over. We made it, guys. Oh, Luther, I'm going to miss you so much. Miss you. (laughs) I'll be around. I love you. You're going to make a lot of money and come back and get those hookers and blows. I'll be too big for you guys, so I'll pretend like I, I don't know you. So this has been Free Talk Live, my last show ever. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been a fun year of doing this show, and uh, I'm glad for the One opportunity. One last question. If the moon were made of ribs, would you eat it? Yes. <laughs>